Okay. Let me know when y'all ready. We can do a little countdown. What are the names of these people? Hold up. Uh, I can send you the page. I'm looking at it if you want. Are you on IMDb or? Yeah, give me just a second. I'll put it in the chat. No, it's okay. I see it. I see it. Okay. I just need to know Jake, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jake Timothy. Okay, cool. So we could go ahead and start. And wait, 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 wait. T- uh, Timmy King. Okay, that's that's the other kid I want to remember. Okay. That's the rich kid. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about what, what rich means in, in 80s films. That That's always funny. <laughs> to be able to afford a Nintendo is rich. Um, Space Jam had this issue too, where like they're like, we'll pull up to Michael's house, and Michael got this this fucking regular ass suburban home. <laughs> I hate it when it goes the other oh. way, when it's like the kids who live in this incredible house, and they're like, normal middle class family, and you're like, that house yeah. is. Okay, so we can start in five, four. Three, two, one. Welcome, everybody, once again to the Low Key Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Aaron Lanton, and as always, I'm joined today with Tim Malloy and Keith Denny. Today, we're going to be talking about 8-Bit Christmas, which you can see right now on HBO Max. Uh, It is a kind of 80s throwback nostalgia film uh, with Neil Patrick Harris uh, plays... Uh, Jack Doyle, who's telling his daughter about how he got his uh, NES, his regular Nintendo 8-bit system. And it's kind of like meant to be a story for all ages set in, you know, around the Christmas holiday. So it's meant to be a Christmas movie. So we figured, hey, let's check it out. It just uh, hit the HBO Max platform not too long ago. And, you know, uh, this it's the right time of year to talk about it. We could have done Die Hard again, but we figured everybody's doing Die Hard. So, you know, we're, we're going to stick to the new stuff. Uh, so I want to open it up to you guys. Uh, what did you think of this film? Uh, and let's start with Keith. Oh, man, I just I really enjoyed it. Um, it's it's one of those films where, you know, it was. I don't I, I guess it's it's nostalgic, but I don't know how nostalgic it is for me because I think the storyline takes place in 86 and I was actually born in 86. It's more like 88, 89. It has to be 88 or later just because they mentioned I think that he said, I think he said some, some about like 86, 87 or something, but you know, he, he, he can he remember the exact year. He up a lot of the story, mm-hmm. um, you know, and all of that. But I was thinking about how there are certain things about the 80s. It made me think about how there's things about the 80s that I vaguely remember. But I remember pretty much everything about the 90s. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which would make sense because I was more of a child in the 90s and I was a legit baby in the 80s and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I would, it, it just brought back like certain memories and stuff of, because um, I was more, I think my first video game system was actually a Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And I actually got that for Christmas from my dad. And I remember it just being kind of, and I also remember like, I don't really know this dude. <laughs> I remember him bringing me like pretty much one of the coolest gifts ever. And, and I didn't, and I didn't really know how to play it because I was probably like five or six or something like that. It was, it was something like that, but I was just, I just was thinking about this movie and I, and it also gave me like that feeling of um a Christmas story. Like more mm-hmm. of a modern day version of a Christmas story, which is one of those Christmas films that I think a lot of people like watch like to death. 
And it was just yeah. good to have a fresh take on that similar type of storyline. So, yeah, definitely agree with that. Uh, what about you, Tim? Um, first, just want to explain to people if you hear like some weird breathing or something, I have a small baby strapped to my chest, which is the reason I've missed the last like 14 episodes. Of this. <laughs> I apologize. Um, I was like 12, definitely early teens around the time this movie started. I think the timeline is a little bit confused. I actually spent an embarrassing amount of time last night Googling things to try to figure out when this movie took place. And to me, I think it is set in December of 1989 because that's when the Power Glove came out, according Uh, to my terrible internet research. mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And I thought there were some issues there because this isn't like a critique of the movie or anything. This is just a thing that, that I noted. Um, I think this is one of those movies that kind of blends all the 80s into like one time period because the Power Glove comes out in about 89. By 89, Cabbage Patch Kids are like totally over. I mean, you could yeah, possibly so. get them, but it definitely isn't like store shelves are, um, you know, stripped of Cabbage Patch Kids. I totally remember that. I remember that being the hot toy and being glad that I was a boy and didn't care about <laughs> Cabbage Patch Kids because they were very hard to get. And it was a real source of stress for parents um, when I was about 10 years old. Um, the other thing I thought was interesting is that 89 is the year that De La Soul comes out with their first album and they have a great song on it called I Know. And the only reason I recognize that, um, Steely Dan song that the dad plays Peg is because that song is so good. The De La song is so good. And I was like, what is that sampling? And it's that Steely Dan song. Oh, that's so it's kind of like the dad is supposed to be a complete dork for listening to Steely Dan but he's actually listening to the song that is sampled that same year, 89 on like the most avant-garde, one of the best albums in the history of hip hop music, like one of the most important albums. So I thought that was, I don't know if that was intentional or not. It sort of was supposed to make him look like a dork, but it actually made him look incredibly cool. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So all that is a really long babbly way of saying, I didn't really like the movie until the end and then i thought the end was really good so it sort of made me reevaluate what they're trying to do throughout the rest of the movie okay yeah let's just let me come back to that um because i'd be curious to see um how that flipped before you uh as far as myself i kind of i liked it more than i disliked it there were some things about it that were really weird i feel like they chose to cheat a little bit because you know, at the beginning, he's like playing around like, oh, well, what Jackie is as an adult talking to his daughter when he's telling her this story. She's like, what year did this take place? And he's like, ah, 86, 87. And so <laughs> after that, after he can't remember, then they start doing a thing where she was like, oh, did you wear a helmet? Yeah, yes. Yes. We always wore helmets in oh. the 80s. Yes, of yeah. course. Um, so like that whole idea of him being an unreliable narrator, I think is also supposed to allow us to kind of let them have their way with things. Yeah, that's um, how I figured it. Although the the movie gets caught in this trap a different way too, where it's like sometimes people who like like people like Neil Patrick Harris who like can literally come up with an idea and give you a movie really quickly that's pretty decent, they sometimes don't worry super they don't pay super close attention to like the modern day for certain stuff. So it's almost like the framing for what worked for them at their primes 10, 15 years ago. Like they put everything still in their framing. So for a kid being like, Hey, can I have a cell phone? That's very much like a year 2000 kind of request. 
you need to have cell phones very early. And even if like, th- that's not where I would focus it. I'll probably put around, can I have my TikTok account now? Or can I have this? Or, you know, like something that connects you to the world in a different way. That's what kids are asking for. People, kids normally have cell phones normally by second, third grade, most of the time now. Oh, God damn. All right. Yeah, but they, I mean, that could be true, but they don't necessarily have to. No, they don't. But, I mean, but it's the, just the only like, reason... that's just like saying that every 16 year old has a car. No, 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 but come on. Now you know that's so different. Kid, when you and I had phones back in 2000, what, three or four, four, it's 16, 15, 16. Now she's 11, but kids get phones and stuff a lot sooner now. It's, yeah, but I I feel a lot more concerned about like you getting entrapped by somebody in some kind of scam or something weird now than, or seeing something you ain't supposed to see more than they are like, you just got the phone. Because at the very least, she had a good point. If I got the phone, I can call for help. His whole thing with getting his Nintendo was like, I can help you work on tools and make my hands stronger, Daddy. That's BS for that. But yeah, but it, I mean, it's it the the her argument is BS. Also, I'm just saying that I don't think that a child necessarily it should be understood that a child at a young age should already have a cell phone. I, well, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it should be understood. I'm just saying more like the thing people worry about now is not the cell phone. It's like all this other stuff. I'm, I'm real worried about it. Child's, no, child's yeah, strapped for me right now. If I give her cell phone by age 11, I failed. Yeah, I don't I mean, think I would give it. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm not talking about us personally, what we do. I'm talking about the general <laughs> public, period. Kids got phones. We, we ain't got to like it. We ain't got to agree with it. Kids got phones. That just is what it is. No, but, I want to give her to my it, phone. Yeah. Like, that's where I am. <laughs> But overall, I mean, like, I did really, you know, feel like this movie did a really good job of giving you a sense of, like, how rare those systems were back then. Like, you kind of did, you know, had a sense that the, the kid with all those new games was, like, hot shit. Like, they had, you know, like, because back then, like, video games were, like, 80 to 100 bucks for those cartridges, too. And, 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 you know, this is before we talk about inflation of today. Like, that stuff was very, very expensive. And yeah. so kids that had that, yeah, kids were for real. You had to go to somebody's house. Like, now you can get on the phone and play online with people in, around the entire world. Back then, you had to go in person to the folks' house who had it. And so he's embellishing the detail that everybody goes. It's 10 kids trying to get in, into Tim, uh, what was it, Tim Kane, Tim King? Oh, yeah, um, King. yeah Timothy King. So his like that guy also didn't have a hundred people outside his door probably had more like you know five or six but you know he got to embellish the story a little bit you know uh make it even more cool for his daughter so it was a lot of things like that that were real fun you know and he's like doing the theme song having his mama play like the boom box and all that you know it's it's a real silly story embellishes a whole lot of stuff and the whole thing about like blaming video games for violence of you know video games melt melt your brain we still having that conversation today to some degree <laughs> so these things it's like it, all these conversations come right back even to present day eventually which is like super interesting and even now the scarcity of consoles because of covid and other stuff where you can't even find a playstation 5 you know it's a similar kind of thing it just so happens again to this day if somebody got one it's rare you gotta go to their house to play it you might you might even have the money to get it, but you can't even you know get it because of scalpers, you know. So it has a lot of overlap, you know, with our current situation in ways that are just you know really cool. Um, 
that that idea they had at the end for like getting the Nintendo, I it was just like, all right, whatever. Like I'm just rolling with it. Like this makes absolutely no sense, but like let's just have fun with it. Um, by far the 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 funniest things in the movie to me are the father somehow finding a black market salesman for the Cabbage Patch Kid, um, and then also when Jack has to <laughs> has to put the retainer in his mouth just so his father doesn't see that he not only lost his sister but lost the retainer very very gross um but but very funny uh so it has a lot of cool moments like that the only thing that made me laugh and it did make me laugh a lot was when he thought he was going to win the nas and instead he won the encyclopedias and he goes like that's like winning more school (laughs) (laughs) and the thing that's so messed up is i would have been so excited like in my real life i got like a whole thing encyclopedia i'm like oh hell yeah but you know <laughs> not if i was expecting a nintendo it was, oh my god uncanny the, stuff like i had the same life as whoever this author screenwriter is because i definitely remember like the pinewood derby i definitely remember like weird scout raffles and stuff like that we had one scout raffle mm-hmm. where um oh competing to sell candy bars and things like that like yeah that was a huge thing and if you ever got the hookup with like if you could sell it at like your dad's work or something like you were mm-hmm. set mm-hmm. because everybody has to like buy candy from their coworkers. Man, yeah, it's it's pretty funny how it it does bring a lot of those memories back uh, real easily. Um, so, I, and also, you know, I want to know, and maybe we can get Dan Delgado on this. Somebody has got to do an investigation on who is the father in the eighties who built a treehouse in a suburb somewhere, and then a kid saw it, and then he became a screenwriter in Hollywood, and then it just kept coming up as a trope that there are dads who build these incredible makeshift uh like treehouse i've seen a treehouse before but not this these extravagant things we see in the films first shit in the 80s was more dangerous people love danger way more Mm -hmm. but i had one friend who had the treehouse and it was it wasn't anywhere near as good it was like a platform but oh Mm -hmm. my god if you had the treehouse it was the absolute shit it was like one of the best parts of childhood yeah yeah but I'm just, but like, see, that's the thing. Treehouse, cool. But treehouse decked out with like, you know, 300 square feet and like electric lighting and trap doors and shit. Like, who, yeah. who was the one who did this? Because now it's like, it's just, it was so frequent in the 80s. I'm like, who was the screenwriter who, who was inspired? Was like, we got to have treehouses, man. I'm telling you, like, this is, this is what's hiding the streets right now. Everybody got treehouses. We did go to my dad's boss's Christmas party one time and it was like a huge, like he was a good guy, I guess, but it was like a giant slap in the face about like how much more money they had than we did Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. he had this, like, I remember there being like 12 kids in that treehouse, and he had like a gun that you could load a um, tennis ball in and shoot it like from the treehouse, And then like it would go out across their land, like without like going into the next yard. But this, but this is what I mean, like, okay, because in the movies, it's never somebody hiring a company to build a treehouse. It's the father, Dad. It, like himself with his hands <laughs> alone, not with no help. You'll never see him being like, hey, man, y'all, you know, what do you think it is? Da, 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 da. Like, no, the daddy in, in the house, man of the house with his hands makes it. Like, it's generational that- too, because I, I remember when I go to my grandparents' house, my grandpa would be like, my grandmother would play cards with us, which was the mm-hmm. shit. That was awesome. And then my grandfather was like, 
want to go in the yard go in the garage and make something and we'd be like okay what do you want to make mm-hmm. i want to make a car and he'd be like all right and you get out of saws and stuff and you just figure out how to make a car like people could it's, do that thing. now people could do definitely. it i'm just but it's, there's a big difference between making what's essentially like a law cabin I would say that it's definitely dads that's like that. Like my, oh, my brother's dad, my brother's dad definitely can build a tree house, but he's also a carpenter. And mm-hmm. our stepfather, I mean, I guess you could say ex-stepfather. I've never seen him build a tree house, but I am confident that he probably could have built a tree house. Especially yeah, but they're they're that. carpenters, and and that's yeah. their crap, and they're, they're well. He they he do. wasn't a carpenter. He just was. I I think that there is. I I do think that there were more men, at least back then, that may have been better with their hands. Oh, one hundred percent. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like and and because because I I'd be proud of myself for putting together a goddamn coffee table. Yeah, if I put like, together IKEA furniture, I like strut around the house afterwards. Man. My brother came over the other day and he was like, man, I really like like this, you know, the coffee table and the TV stand and stuff. And I, I just bragged about how I put it together because that shit was hard. Like, <laughs> and so and so I know I'm not the most handy handyman, but I feel like it's it's some guys out there that do it. And, but I also think that there is like a certain fantasy behind it of of even if you didn't have a dad that did something like that, you would definitely want a dad that could sit up and build you this amazing tree. It's house. a very masculine and, thing to do, you know? Right. Yeah. It's, it's that, but also I wouldn't even say it is so much of it about being masculine, but also it, it depends on if you set that up for the character to be that way. Right. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of one thing I like that they did with a big Christmas is that pretty early on, they pretty much established in multiple points that the dad just like building shit. Mm. And he even mentioned like building the fort as a kid. And that's what they used to do. Mm. So it wasn't like he just this, this, I guess this manly, you know, archetype of a character. And he just all of a sudden just can just do like this, this random thing. He literally throughout the film in so many ways spoke about building stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know? And shit. I mean, and the thing that was really cool though, you know, in, in different ways that, you know, they did seem to really encourage, uh, you know, him to be um, somebody who could be uh, ambitious, like have a goal and really work towards it in, in one way or another. Right, because um, you know, giving like driving him to hey, you know, if you want to sell all these reefs, you know, we'll, we'll give you an opportunity to do that. Um, at the end, you know, he wants to get this Nintendo. They're like, all right, cool. You know, you can work a job, and, and you know, if you show your dead that dedicated to doing it, then we'll you know let you have your game as well. Um, you know, all of that. I really do wish we knew how the um the political movement to never sell video games was, yeah. was uh crack because that was it was just such a funny thing it's not important but it was just funny i i enjoyed them just kind of like messing around with that because the the kid gets so mad at losing to a girl in a video game that he not only kicks the tv a 42 inch tv back then but then kills the doll well here's the thing here's the thing about that movement Everybody always oversteps in the movement. They're like, if you play video games, you're going to start to worship the devil and like kill your family or something. Mm -hmm. And what they should say is 
if you play video games for a long time, it's just going to take away time that you might have spent doing something else. And 30 years from now, you're not going to know how to make tree houses. Because yeah, that's why is, I can't make tree houses and I can't do any of that stuff. Like I spent yeah. hours playing Super Mario Brothers. You but there's also build people a tree house in Fortnite holding down one button in two yeah, seconds. There's Usually. also people who play video games that can build a computer. So that's what I know. always hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, well, yeah, I, it's somebody who's in the gaming community. Yeah, there are people who can. Um, it's probably like 2%. Speaking from personal experience, I spent a lot of time playing my NES and I can't do shit. I, all I have is a bunch of songs stuck in my head from 30 years ago. It and, did, and it looked, did no good whatsoever. My hand-eye coordination sucks. My vision isn't good. It was a total waste of my time and I should have been practicing guitar. But you see, you know I had to set some kids straight on Mario Party this weekend, though. They, they, <laughs> they were talking too much noise there, but I was like, "All right, give me the sticks." I'll show you. You know, you this know what I think, though. Personally, I think video games have made me more productive, and it's not. And I don't even really play games that much, but I was mm-hmm. not anymore. But I feel like I have a certain um, mindset that I feel that I have achieved through playing video games. Hmm. Okay. Like, like in what way? Like, um, so in particular, maybe it's the type of games I play. Like, I, I, I say 70% of the games that I play are usually, like, adventure RPGs type games. Mm-hmm. So in those games, there's a lot of grind and there's a lot of progression that you got to go through. And then there's also when you're in, like, battles, you have to use strategic thinking mm-hmm. to get through a battle, right? And I was thinking about this the other day that I feel like a lot of my strategic thinking and how I solve problems I feel come from playing video games all these years are you are you, are you saying word of the fire emblem or something like that I mean that um just pretty much everything that I've played like all the way down to Pokemon right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and 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 even like how I set up tasks for myself I look at it the same way that I look as at a video game but the only difference of is that instead of there being a virtual character that I'm powering up and that's leveling up, I'm leveling up myself. Mm-hmm. So every time, I mean, every time I complete a task for work, that's like an extra point, experience point. Every time I work out, that's an experience point. And that's just how I view it. And, and maybe I'm just crazy, but that's, that's literally... No, I the same that. thing when you walk outside, you know, you get perks for certain accessories you put on. If your car right. is whatever, then, you know, to somebody's going to think that's important. If your car is not as impressive, then people will have less of an impression on you. And then your perks are slower. That's a way of looking at it. And wait, well, wait. If, if you can unemotionally gamify certain things like the workplace to make things that would otherwise be really awful and unpleasant into just, uh, how many points did I accrue today? How many points did I lose today? It can help you get through very unpleasant stuff. And I know people who've done that and have like sort of survived in awful workplaces by gamifying them. So I think there's something to that. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. And I, that's why I also like to see, I like to see things like I like to see myself complete tasks so I can know like I'm, I'm, I'm knocking this off. I'm knocking that off. You know, well, that's what happened when the kids were, were selling the reefs, you know, the reefs. So that I thought that was really interesting. Like they were all so so like inspired to you know make that happen. Um, I mean, one thing that I think would have been really cool. I wish they'd done a little bit more of 
or excuse me, I was a little bit, a little bit less of was like making it sound like the Nintendo with first was like a gateway drug almost <laughs> with a Nintendo. Cause you know how like normally you'll see uh, in, in like movies of this ilk, uh, like of that time frame in the eighties, when an inanimate object is talking to you, you probably are like, you know, not sober um, mm-hmm. or it's like trying to entice you like feed me Seymour, you know, like that's kind of like what the Nintendo was talking like back then. <laughs> And I was just like, what is happening? Like, are they actually saying that the Nintendo's a, dr- a drug? Like, it was just real funny, but, you know. That was that was funny. I, but but I also could relate to that. Like, even when I used to, like, game, like, Super Hard, it's almost like it's a certain pool to it. You know? There's a pool to it, but that, I, don't, that was, I don't lose. I don't, like, I don't know, man. man. Like, I I just felt like I, I just got certain, certain stuff done. So I didn't get yelled at later when I, I didn't get it knocked out. <laughs> man, when I had a Sega Genesis, I remember that's all I could do. Like yeah. for the longest, like I was just so fixated as a child on that damn Sega. See, like, I had same kind of rage moments on on you know games too. I wasn't gonna kick no damn TV though, because my dad's gonna kick my ass. Oh no, no, ain't nobody gonna do that. Like I never, I'm not gonna break my shit. <laughs> well, I'll break his shit because yeah. I'm mad. That's what he made clear to me. You break some, that's my stuff. Right, right, breaking. So no, nah, there was no throwing, you know, controllers and breaking them and kicking stuff. No, I mean I, I can go stew by myself, but yeah, I, I used to cuss a lot. At my brother, um, <laughs> I forgot what we were playing, but he got so freaking mad, man. He he threw the controller, and like he had moments where he'll throw the controller, and it was this one particular time where he roundhouse kicked me. <laughs> Like he literally, I didn't even know he knew how to throw a kick. Like he, he literally roundhouse kicked me in the chest and then took off running. Man, form was much better than you anticipated. Man, and I caught his that's ass. That's Keith got into Brazilian jiu jitsu. Man, yes. He kicked me. I was <laughs> like, oh. you hear it? <laughs> now, now one mean, thing I, was, I, I, was I was say, I don't know if I told y'all about this. Um, so now I have had a, a uh, time where I knocked down a console one time. And that was because I was playing Resident Evil 1. And, like, you know, at the time, horror games weren't really a thing yet. And so here I am. And, and people who played this game would know what I'm talking about. So I'm walking down this hallway, and it's right after, you know, it's like the first right. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. It's just a bunch of windows. I guess I'll just run past these windows. And a damn zombie dog jumped through the window. And, when oh, I, yeah. and that PlayStation core was pretty short. When I say I screamed and and <laughs> jerked that controller and the whole playstation fell I was like oh, oh no <laughs> like well, yeah man that that game scared the shit out of me man i remember we was at some um my stepdad used to do odd jobs for people i, I really don't know what he's doing like fixing a toilet or some shit so we was at this guy's house that had a playstation and back then i had the nintendo 64 which was pretty much nothing in comparison to the playstation mm-hmm. and they had the resident evil director's cut man look mm-hmm. man we was in there playing that game my little brother was watching me you talking about scared as shit and that's <laughs> when i realized i have to get a playstation i don't know how i'm gonna get a playstation but i have to get a playstation man, so that, that game evil. was so man yeah people don't even know because the first time you see a zombie and it's chewing on that dude and that zombie look at you and you be like, uh oh, and, and like you don't because you don't know how to aim or nothing yet, and you like, you fumble with the controller, he like do you run, then he bites you in the back, you start freaking that man. That I think what got me was the um the liquors. Nah, that's nah, that's Resident Evil too, but oh, yeah, God. that yeah, that was scary. in part too, yeah. That like, was cause, super cause scary. 
Because, like I said, the guy, he had – I think he had both of them. Because I remember, like, kind of playing one – like, we were there for a long time. And I remember mm-hmm. turning around and playing two. Um, the, that was the one with Leon and, and, and Claire. Yeah, yeah, that's um, it. it. Yeah, but the first yeah, one had um, – Chris Redfield. And Jill Valentine. There Jill we go. Valentine, yeah. I could not remember. Yeah, man. But yeah, it, it brought me back to a lot of stuff too. And and you know, I really feel like it is it's fun because like look to people who don't know this, it, it's not a big deal. But when that man said the power glove sucked, ooh, yeah, mm. that, that power glove sucked. But the power glove, what was the movie that had that was all about the power glove? What I don't remember, movie? but that man, that was a terrible accessory. Did anybody have the uh-huh. robot? Which one is that? There was a robot in the, oh, the yeah, that was first one that was the absolute worst it like everybody's robot broke in like a week because it did like discs it would like move discs from one side to the other hmm. it looks bad I, I, it looks cool honestly but i can't remember what it was no, it was now jerky jerky because the original was like you had the duck hunt gun which was the best and then you had yep. the robot and then later it's, on they introduced the power love and that man it's, really did put the the, the damn uh oh yeah that is it that is that's it. a john that's on smash brothers uh-huh yeah, yeah that's and it people were like uh-huh. i guess everything's gonna have a robot now like i guess this is the beginning robot takeover starting nope man so the other thing that had me laughing was like <laughs> how they had um that kid with, with all the damn well with the nintendo this man gonna sit up here with the gun putting it right on the screen it's like yeah people were doing that <laughs> people definitely did slaw that. Slaw, and I guess they couldn't get the rights to Duck Hunt because that's the game you're gonna show off if you're gonna have a gun out. So I'm really shocked we didn't see Duck Hunt. Was uh, the kid playing Hogan's Alley or something? What was he playing? I can't remember. Uh, then that, that, that one game when he lost to the girl, like that wasn't a real game, they made that up for the movie. Yeah, that definitely wasn't that was like a fake Street Fighter game, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but you know, like I said, this, this movie does a lot of stuff, right? Like, I actually feel like it's um. You know, if you want to get kids like a good example of, hey, here's what things were like kind of back then messing around with, with some obvious embellishments, uh, then I think it's good to go. Um, I will say, though, um, this movie is one of those 80 movies that does not do a good job of, of telling you not to talk to strangers. So make sure your kids know don't talk to strangers <laughs> when y'all get through watching this. But <laughs> they used to you make know. you go door to door and sell things to strangers. No, no, not that part. No, the, the the hey, the guy that your dad met in the in the back alley to to buy a cabbage patch kid, if you see him on the street later, don't trust him to put you in a strange car and send you somewhere. Right. I love David Cross, but yes. But <laughs> they I dude, they would send us the Boy Scouts of America would send us door to door to go into people's houses and sell them mm-hmm. wreaths and garlands and shit like that. You Such have a different to go time. in people's houses. Right. Such a different time. Back then, it, back then it was, I guess, considered safer. You would never do that shit now. And the funny thing, actually, the funniest thing in the whole movie to me, and I totally forgot about it until just now for some reason. What's this kid's name? Jeff Farmer. Uh, man, when that man went in, in Jake's house and sold the reef to his mom, oh, oh, that was, that was pain. He actually went to your house and sold it to your mom. Man, yeah, up in your house doing dirt. Man, that was funny though. Like, it there was a lot of moments I thought were like super funny though, honestly. 
And yeah. um, and I always me and me and Randall been watching like a Christmas movie every day. And I've I, Christmas movies are not like my favorite type of movies, but I realize that they are like super fun. If anything, mm-hmm. um, we had just watched Jingle All the Way, and I was which thinking, one is that? The one with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hmm. Is that what he's trying to get the toy? Yeah, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad. Oh yeah, I miss Arnold doing those goofy bro, movies, man. He was so good at those roles. Bro, it's a it's a scene in the movie where he's fighting like all these Santa Clauses. Oh, that's just so like, funny, man. When I tell you that shit had me dying laughing. It's one Santa Claus came moving like a ninja, and he had like um candy cane nunchucks. Mm-hmm, yeah, and one Santa Claus was like big as hell. I'm like, who is that? And it it, it wound up being the Big Show. But that's the, the thing, like the movies. Show. And I was like, yeah. I forgot that this man was in this movie. But that's, I feel like, you know, like this movie does some of this, and I don't think it, it takes it up to the degree of something like that. But it's just like yeah, a lot true. of the imagination and fun. I, I know, like, you know, studios look at it like, oh, okay, we got to make like, the, you know, we're going to put all this money behind a project. Like, we need to guarantee a certain amount of, you know, um, return on it. So, like, they, there's a lot of formulaic stuff they do, but part of what made, movies in the past classics that we remember now is the absurdity the fun just like trying stuff just doing things and like just being in that moment and letting you know the talent that you have in front of you just kind of you know enjoy the work like i just feel like a lot of that's like gone everything so it's got to like work certain beats all the time a certain way that's true i mean kind of stuff that that was real fun that, that we don't have now as much yeah, I think because people want to make like deeper movies sometimes. Because Jingle All the Way, for all intents and purposes, is a fucking cartoon. Yeah, and, <laughs> like it's 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 so freaking goofy. Like it's, but now is it fun to watch even now? Like hell yeah, it's like Sinbad and Arnold Schwarzenegger like hilarious in that movie. Like hell yeah, but it is a dumb. It is definitely a dumb movie. Like, I wouldn't want to be known for making that movie. But on one end, I guess you could look back on it and say, there were some kids that grew up watching this movie, and they still enjoy it to this day, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so I guess it's something to be said by that. But, you know, like, yeah, everybody want to make, like, some avant-garde deep shit all the time. And and really, with Christmas movies, you ain't got to do all that, you know? You don't. You really don't. Now, I don't think you had to go as brain off as Elf, but you know. <laughs> Elf is, I, I watched Elf for the first time like last week. Elf is so like, man, what is happening? Bro, <laughs> like, that, shit, that shit is funny as hell. <laughs> that shit don't make no it's, sense. It's like, it's like Will Ferrell straight balls to the wall. Um, Not Will Ferrell. Like, like it's, it's like. You know, like you can tell sometimes when, like, an actor, they're just like, "Hey, just do what you want to do." Right. You know what I mean? Like, this is your show. Um, that's definitely one of those movies for him. So, and overall, I mean, it, it it does what it means to do, but that's a weird ass movie, though. Yeah, I, I mean, but I accept it for being weird too at the same time. So it's like, mm-hmm. and, and that's, I guess it's just probably because of the fact that it is a Christmas movie. Yeah. Um. Fair enough. Yeah, and I've also sense. seen Christmas movies that were actually like, you know, had like real good stories, but I didn't just, I wasn't like, so, you know, I didn't have fun watching them. Like I yeah. just watched one called The Man Who Invented Christmas. That sounds it, super serious. <laughs> and this shit is essentially about Charles Dickens writing a Christmas curl. 
Right, Jesus. And so as he's writing it, okay. the characters from the story are like manifesting. Okay. So it's it's part biop, part fantasy. I mean, I love Dickens, but that sounds super boring. <laughs> I mean, I don't think you would think it to be boring, but like if you're looking for something fun, it's not that. Like it's not like what you would look for when you're looking. Like I want to watch a Christmas movie. Type. Does it start? It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> Man, it might as well. And it got the guy, I'm trying to remember, the guy that, I can't remember this actor's name. He plays on Legion, and he also plays Beast in the remake of Beauty and the Beast. That guy's great, and I totally forget his name also. He he is great. And he's great as as, um, Dickens. It's just, it's it's not a fun movie. Now, is it good? Yeah, it's good. But it's it's crazy. And and then we went and watched um, um, Batman Returns. Dude, I started watching that. It's a Christmas movie. That's funny as hell. That movie's fucking great. That movie is so goofy, though. I haven't watched it in a while, but I remember that movie just being bad shit. It is totally insane. Yeah, but like the look of it is incredible. And when Keith mentioned it Mm -hmm. the other day, I started watching it and I was like, oh my God, this is excellent. But like people hating on that movie. Did they? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, one hundred percent. No, people hate that movie. Like today, the fourth one are so awful. The the Joe Joel Schumacher ones that Mm -hmm. I feel like that one looks amazing by comparison. It it does by now. It it has some stupid stuff to it, but like as I went back. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm realizing you're talking about the one with uh with um Mr. Freeze Tim Burton. The Mr. Freeze one is the low point. It's maybe sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, that's all. Penguin and Catwoman and all that. Okay. Mr. Yeah. Freeze one is is that Batman Forever? Yeah. Well, because ain't the in Jim Carrey Riddler in that one also? No, they're in Batman and Robin. Is Batman and Robin the third one? Batman and Robin is the fourth one. Fourth one. So the Batman third Robin one. Is the fourth? Yeah. yeah. So Batman Forever is the one with Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy. I think. That's okay. right. Okay, yeah, I'm getting things mixed up. That, right. I, for a long time I thought that was the worst movie I'd ever seen. Hold on, let me check real quick. Because I might got them mixed up. Hold up. All right. Yeah, look. Batman Lord. Because I'm like, wait, I thought Jim Carrey and Arnold Schwarzenegger were in the same movie. No. It was Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones. No, that's you, you right. guys are right. Batman, oh, my goodness. Batman oh, Forever okay. oh, is. Oh, flooding back now. Oh. Batman Forever is the third one. That's the one with um Jim Carrey. And- I'm so glad Jim Carrey got to do, like, a big pop culture thing. I mean, he's done plenty of these things, but, like. I feel like his Eggman kind of washes away the Riddler a little bit. Oh, you're like, talking about for Sonic? Yeah, because he's so good as Eggman. Oh my goodness! Like it's like he 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 just he, he can do pretty much anything if if you give him the rain, you get get the right tone and stuff around him. Like he he can really show out, and I'm just really excited to see the second Sonic too. Man, um, that's gonna be pretty, watch, pretty dope. If you watch the supercut of the Mister Freeze ice puns. Oh, it's they're so, so funny. They're, they're hard. Very well. They're like, so bad that it just yeah. makes me laugh. So so that is yeah. the one with Mr. Freeze is actually the fourth one. That's Batman and Robin. Yeah, right. with... Yeah, okay. okay. Because in the theater, when you're in the theater and you're like, oh, like I saw that in the theater and you're like, oh, it's, it's a new Batman movie. This is going to be pretty badass. I love Batman. <laughs> and then you go in and it's just like, cool party. Let's put this on ice. The whole thing, you're just like, oh, Jesus. He's still going. <laughs> but then you like... You let like 15 or 20 years go by. You find them on YouTube. It's just the puns. It's like the best thing ever. 
But the funny thing about that is, like, see, you're saying that as somebody who would have been a little older with some expectations. I was a child. Like, I was, like, eight or nine. Like, I, oh, this is great. <laughs> like, Man, I think that was as a kid, all of those movies were, they did what they were supposed to do, like, if you're a kid. But then you go back and watch it, and, and you like, I was a fucking moron. Well, see, you say that, but, like, the first Batman movie is kind of, like, it, it, the first and second one are not kids' movies, like, even a little bit. No, like, they no, are no. Very, but that's uh, but that's why that's why they took, I think they had, had Tim Burton step down to make the third one, because... I think so. And also, the second one is... It has some pretty, some strong sexual undertones. Oh, yeah, it does, Here, man. Like, Catwoman was uh, putting it on them. And it's not even just Catwoman, but, like, Penguin says some very suggestive things. Like, Look, let me tell you something about kids' movies. I didn't realize about the nice suit. It's sexual puns and everything. I even just watched Elmo's Grouchland, and for some reason, Vanessa what? Williams is, like, talking about... She's... Oh, my God, what was it? It was, like... <laughs> she needed Elmo to do something a hundred times with his mouth to like get out of gra- like that part of Grouchland, and it was something that it was just like, yo, like this is not appropriate at all. Like, what is going on? No, that's your mind just ain't appropriate. No, uh, uh-uh. no. I if I can remember made. what it was, look, the thing is, I just watched this, and my me and my wife were sitting together, like, what in the hell is going on? Like, seriously, the children's television network was like, let's put some sex stuff in there. It'll be funny. Yo, it it did, but honestly, it Vanessa Williams looks a little too hot to be in the situation <laughs> she in the grass. It's just it's weird, man. It's a little weird. Anyway, that, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> we, we've 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 gotten past a big Christmas. We obviously we, we like the movie. We recommend you check it out. Uh, I do not. I was gonna say Tim did not like. It. <laughs> well, Tim, I'm sorry, yeah, Tim did. Let's get this understood. The end was good. I it affected me. That I did get something out of watching it, but for the first like 80 minutes of it, I was like, uh, I'm just watching this because of the podcast. Hold on, because I honestly thought out of the three of us, you would probably be one of the main ones to like it. And I'll, <laughs> but but do you think it because it because it hit a little too close to home for you? And you were like you, you actually remember the time a lot more than we do, and you like all of this is bullshit. Or I don't know. I think I I think the video game thing. I thought it was like taking a hard pro video game line through the whole movie and. Uh-huh. The same way that, like a Christmas story, it's taking a hard pro Red Rider rapid repeat rifle line, right? But right. you know in the back of your head, like, they should not give this kid this rifle. Like, they actually shouldn't give the kid the rifle. Like, it's sad that Ralphie keeps getting shut down, but it's not that sad because Ralphie should not have this gun. But, like, <laughs> with this with this movie, I feel like the movie's point of view is, oh, he should have the Nintendo. Nintendo's great. And I'm kind of like, I don't know if he should have the Nintendo. And then the way they flip it at the end, was very effective to me like that that they're it's it's more important to have build a treehouse with your dad than to play games and i felt like they did a good job of like showing all elements of it and having all angles of it in the end but i was like i didn't know that was coming for the first 80 minutes or so when i was just like oh my god they're re- like was this movie made by nintendo okay so at first you thought it was just an advertisement for nintendo <laughs> i was like this is like nintendo propaganda and it wasn't made by Nintendo, I don't think. But um, I just felt like as a person who lost a lot of their childhood in Nintendo, that Nintendo was not as cool as everybody thinks. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> but um, in the end, and also, I like a lot of people involved. Like, June Dan Raphael is always good. Um, you know, 
I was going to say Doogie Howser. No slight. <laughs> Neil Patrick Howser. Neil Patrick Harris is always good. I thought the lead kid was really good. I thought his sister was really good. The daughter was good. The acting was all good. I don't know. Yeah, because kid actors back in the day sucked. Like, they totally I feel sucked. like they're they're a lot better now than they were like because when I watched Jingle All the Way, I said this kid sucks. Like, <laughs> like, like, but I I just remember like, man, I don't I, I didn't think of it, you know, because of course I was a kid back then. But yeah, but but yeah, the, the kids in this did pretty good though. Yeah, I guess I'm a. I don't want to say I'm not a recommender of this movie. I'm like a, uh, maybe not for me. Might be for you. Right. Right. Okay. That's fair enough. But I'm still working out because I did really like the end. Right. Well, so I do want to give a recommendation to people who make Christmas movies um, in the future. Like, don't do what we saw here, which is give so many blue balls at like so many <laughs> moments. It was like, man, I don't think Jake got anything he wanted until like you said about 80 minutes in, which is like that's pretty much the end of the movie, though. though jake is a piece of shit like when jake is like nasty to the old people and the movie like makes fun of the scout leader who's like a vietnam veteran who clearly you know that was a recent that was a fairly recent thing that guy was traumatized oh you're talking about when he was making like signing his his uh signature form while he was asleep right yeah yeah that was messed up and the way the old people are portrayed is like these like drooling you know, unpleasant, like... Ugh, well, okay, well, that, that's a general movie thing, probably. Though. That was just shitty. Yeah, that just was, yeah. It was unchristmassy, and then it, definitely... That mm. was very unchristmassy. It was <laughs> it, But that, it was very much in line with how 80s movies were, but again, we're not... This isn't a telling of that, like, he, he's telling this with his memory back then, unreliable narrator, <laughs> didn't want to be around old... I don't know. Like, I'm trying to be um, genuine, uh, I would say generous here, but yeah, I, I agree with that, though. But it's, it's true that when Jake, like, accepts, okay, I'm not getting the Nintendo, I can still have a nice Christmas, that's when he gets something better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is a very Christmas movie. Yeah, but man, like, oof. That, that, so many times, I was like, oh, God, they're they gonna fake getting the thing again? Because I knew he wasn't gonna get the, the Nintendo... <laughs> For for like getting the most reach, but then it was like three or four other times it was happening. I was like, all right, man. Like we like as an audience member, it's like, why am I still here? We're gonna get something. Okay, Treehouse, and he gets a lesson, and then he works. Okay, cool. I'm I'm down with that. That works. It's yeah. real funny in Christmas Story though when Ralphie gets fucked again and again and again, and will never get that rifle, and everything he tries doesn't work out. And it's then the great. second he gets the rifle, he ends up like pretty much shooting his eye out, like exactly like he thought. That's hilarious. I know he doesn't really get his eye shot out, but. That's yeah, 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 yeah. In any movie ever. I mean, but it, but it definitely says something. Like sometimes it'd be that thing that you feel like you always want that's not good for you. <laughs> that's, that's, oh, yeah, I always got that from that movie. Like if I, if there was anything I always got from it, it was that. So that's childhood. The whole thing is people going like, "Don't ride your bike down that street. Do not ride your bike down that street." I'm telling you, do not do it. And you're like, "I can do it." And then first time, wipe out. But you know well, what I got from Eight Big Christmas, honestly, and maybe that's just how I looked at it. Was that the lesson to it was more about you know instead of you know having the Nintendo is it's the social element and the times and the memories that you share with your family and your friends. Because even with the Nintendo itself, like I mean, it, 
I had a Super Nintendo and it, it's fun, but it's nothing in comparison to playing the game with your friends. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anything that you could have done with your friends would have been would have been cool at the end of the day. So he realized that it wasn't so oh, that's how I got it. It wasn't so much about the system itself. It's about being with your friends and your family and being able to share those moments with each other, you know. Mm-hmm. So which I wish they had tied that together a little. I mean, thematically, the movies it, it lets you read in the stuff, mm-hmm. but I do think that's what it's doing, and that's why you know Timothy King as a character is really interesting because that's not yeah. how he functions as a character, he is pretty much the exact opposite. Yeah, no, fact, no, 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 it's his no. it's his selfishness and his ego that leads to the entire town not to be able, not being able to play video games, you know. And I think that's a really cool idea. I wish they'd done just a little more with it instead of like giving us all this other stuff to the side because that's a really interesting, fun foil idea. Um, but you know, they, they're just like, ah, we're just you know to the hijinks, which is fine. But I just I thought it could have what could have elevated it to something that was like you know something even more memorable. Um, and something that was like, oh, yeah, you definitely should watch this. It's like exploring that idea a little more about like how that selfishness actually ends up leading to ruin. And, you know, what is most important is like, you know, what the holiday spirit is about, which is being with your friends, family and appreciating the people you got with you, you know. Right. All that goodness. So um, anything else uh, you guys want to add before we uh, close? Merry Christmas. Yes. Merry <laughs> Christmas. Yeah, we're a few days away. Hopefully, y'all will be able to check this out right before the actual Christmas holiday. Um, I think we'll be talking about one of the big boy films uh, next week. So that'll be pretty exciting. And hopefully, if we can get all the technical stuff uh, figured out, we'll be on Twitter Spaces and you'll be able to check us out likely next Wednesday. So uh, we'll let everybody know somewhere uh, where you can find out more and join us. You stay making these people promises. Anyway, you guys can also follow us on Instagram at the Low Key Pod. And we're out of here. All right, holla at y'all on the next one. All right, peace. That was fun. That was good. Yep, not bad. I feel like.